I want us to start here uh, in, uh, oh, we're going to go to 2 Kings. Whoops, hang on a second. I'm going to go to 2 Kings here. And before I get going, just, just in a nutshell here, oh, oh, this is the front of your Bible and stuff like this. And it's, it's and like what I've always said, this is historic, start to finish. The word Genesis means beginning. It's not when this fella decided to keep track or whatever. Because the Indians in America, they've got, no, nah, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The Indians are not outside of the Bible. They're inside the Bible. I mean, we just have all these, everywhere you turn, everybody's an expert. Let me tell you, stay close to the scriptures, make up your mind that the Bible is true, and follow this. Everything else will fall right in line. But anyway, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, historical. This whole book here is a speech. Who's your speech writer? Well, Moses wrote this one. I mean, it, he, it, it was just, it's a recorded speech. Joshua, notice that's a person's name. Well, he took over Moses after Moses died. Then Judges, that's where Samson was, of course. Ruth, that's a person. A little short story that, you know, you can read it yourself and pretty soon you can tell it yourself. It's a great little story about how, you know, Ruth, uh, well, Naomi and Ruth, Ruth, Naomi, anyway. And then you get to 1 Samuel. Now, from here, to, from, from the, remember, this is Abraham, his kinfolk coming on down. Then Exodus, that's Moses. He's one of the kinfolk of Abraham. And then this is all the Jewish people, whatever, their heritage, whatever. And you get down to here. This is when the Jewish nation first started to have a king. Their first one was Saul. Samuel was just the name of a, a prophet, that's all it was. He didn't, remember, his mama she couldn't have any kids, and she was crying at the temple one day, or tabernacle. And she said, Lord, just let me have a child. And then the priest came rolling around. He thought she was drunk. Hey, if you're going to drink, why don't you go somewhere else? She said, I'm not drunk. I'm just sorrowful. And, uh, and he didn't ask her what. He just said, the Lord, grant you your petition. Just, where'd that come from? Well, wait, don't you want to ask the priest? Let him think about it a second and find out. Let me get back with you on that. No, he just flat out said, the Lord grant you your petition. That's where I know my part comes in in where I am today because a lot of people uh, outside of, uh, are, are outside of the bubble, shall we say, where the Bible's concerned. They have no idea these blessings are here. I mean, Eli the priest just said, the Lord grant you that your petition. That's the reason the Lord, when you get down to the here, the people started worshiping idols. And he said, y'all are crazy. Those idols can't do anything for you. It's a chunk of wood. It's a piece of metal. They can't even sniff. They can't even see, you know. But anyway, uh, so anyway, you get down here to, here's where these kings are. And we're going to go right down here into the second kings. It's just a volume, volume one, volume two. And there was a king here by the name of uh, Hezekiah. And uh, we'll pick up with him. Oh, there he is. Notice how they, how they, how they list this. This is 2 Kings chapter 18. Uh, it says, the new king of Judah was Hezekiah. His father's name was Ahaz. You know, this reason, it's very hard to believe this stuff is inconsistent. Matter of fact, he's going to have some trouble with another nation, and that other guy is listed in your, whatever, Western Civ book or whatever. So anyway. His age at the beginning of his reign was 25. The length of his reign was 29 in Jerusalem. His mother's name was, whatever, Abby, daughter of Zechariah. Uh, character of his reign was good, similar to that of his ancestor David, reigning in Israel at the time. 
So remember, there was a split kingdom. It's like South Alabama and North Alabama. They had it divided. Come on in. And, and so uh, there was two kings here. But anyway, uh, reigning in Israel at the time was King Hoshea, son of Elah, who had been the king for three years. Okay. It's interesting. You notice the time frame, you know. Uh, this, this tells you when this king took office during the third year of this guy. Now, but anyway, before I go any further here, I want to back up to the 17th chapter. And look at this. Look at this heading. The new king of Israel. Remember the split king. We're going to call it North Alabama, South Alabama, or Alabama and Georgia. Okay. So Georgia's king is Hoshea, this guy. His father's name was Eli. Okay. He reigned nine years in some town we never heard of. Yeah, we did too. Samaria. You know, there was ten lepers Jesus healed that were out of Samaria. Remember that? Okay. Well, whatever. <clears throat> uh, well, one of them was. Okay. The character of his reign, look, notice this, was evil. But not as bad as some of the other kings. So this is historic. This is really great. And you can see their fault. Their only fault they were doing was they didn't want anything to do with the Lord. We were talking this morning about certain programs and stuff people do in, in Alabama and across the state. And it's always just, you know, well, you got to admit you're, you're no count. You got to admit that you're a nobody. You're, you got to admit you're a failure. And that's the way you start out. And what you need to admit is that you need Jesus. You need to admit that the Lord is your help. And you, that's how you get victory, whatever. So anyway, uh, oh, you yeah, notice while it says reigning in Judah at that time. So remember Mississippi and Alabama, these two kings, you know, was King Ahaz. Well, anyway, King Ahaz is going to pass away. This is just quick, short records. That's all it is. Oh, anyway, so we're going to go right to 18. So here we are, Hezekiah. He's 25 years old. So think of yourself when you were 25. What'd you look like, you know, how'd you act, whatever. All right, here, here you are. Now, notice what he did. He removed the shrines on the hills. Now, what's that? The whole world was worshiping all kind of stuff. They worshiped the moon, the stars, everything. He removed the shrines on the hills, broke down the obelisks, knocked down the shameful idols of Asherah, and broke up the bronze serpent that Moses made. Whoa, whoa, ho, hold on. That thing's pretty doggone old. Yeah. That's when Moses was leading them to the promised land and they got to whining, oh, we want to go back to Egypt, you know. And all these serpents came out and bit people and they were going to die. Do you know this right here is John 3.16? Jesus says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know, wow. And then the very next verse, he says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever. Let me show you that. We'll come right back to this, but watch this. So what is this thing about this snake? Well, here we go. Jesus, obviously, that's the reason it's so wonderful. Our Bible is so fantastic, and it's not that big. It's not that big. And you want to start a project and finish it? Keep reading your Bible. You'd be so proud of yourself. You stick with this and just read it. Don't say, I go to a church where they believe. Oh, come on, please. You read it as, as, as best you can. Try to read it every day. And just get to know. And don't say, well, I read it through. I read it through. You continually read it. Matter of fact, when the, Bi the Bible says, Moses put it this way. He said, when you get a king, and you're going to want one, as soon as you crown him king, give him a copy of the Well, king, well, I don't need to read that. I'm king. Jesus said you do. Praise the Lord. That's how important it is. I mean, I know we've all, I've heard people say, I've read the Bible through. It's, I am reading the Bible. 
That's what you want. I am reading it. One night, one of the, in 2 Kings, or it's Chronicles right there, one of the kings, he couldn't sleep, you know, and he got out, he got out the Bible and was reading the records and he found out, oh my goodness, we're making some mistakes here. And that's it just fantastic. Just like one of these stories. Okay, so this story about this um, bronze serpent, uh, this is in the third chapter of John. Look at this. He says, for I, the Messiah, have come to earth and will return to heaven again. Now, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He's talking to a person. He's just not out of the blue, just saying stuff. And here, look what he says. And as Moses in the wilderness lifted up the bronze image of a serpent on a pole. Well, we could go read that story, but we don't need to. The important thing is people were dying. Moses said, help us, help us. And God said, make a bronze serpent. And I, under, I bet you he didn't take no long period of time because people were dying. He's probably beating that thing to pieces, made that thing, stuck it on a pole, and look what he. And the Lord said, "Whoever looks at that snake will live." Anyway, Jesus is going to say that image of that snake is like me when I die on the cross. Well, because the image of the snake, remember, that's when sin entered the world. The serpent tempted Eve in the third chapter of Genesis. It's pretty easy to figure out. I caught a lot of crappie over at that third boathouse. You know, next time you go, what do you do? What? That third boathouse. You remember all these things. It works out. So anyway, he said, even so must I be lifted up on a pole so that anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. Wow. And then the next verse, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him. I remember learning that verse in uh, oh, in a neighborhood uh, Sunday school class or whatever, Sunday school party, whatever they call them. Okay, now let's go back to that story. So Second Kings, and let's get back over here. So this, is, this will kind of explain what was going on here. Uh, they thought that snake, because if you looked at it, you were made well. But it was just, the Lord just had that for them at that moment. But anyway, so here they go. Oh. Uh, and they broke, and he broke up the bronze serpent that Moses made because the people of Israel began worshiping it. Well, that's not what they were supposed to do. Now, this was years later. This wasn't last week. This was probably, let me think a minute. Hmm, Solomon was 480 years after Moses. And we've already been through about 10 kings. So we're already looking, okay. We're looking somewhere close to uh, maybe 700 years since then. So they've had that bronze serp serpent hanging around. They go, hey, let's just worship it. Anyway, so he got rid of it. Even though as King Hezekiah pointed out to them, it was merely a piece of bronze. Wow. He trusted very strongly in the Lord God of Israel. In fact, none of the kings before him, whoops, excuse me, none of the kings before him, ah, a little upgrade out of the way. Here we go. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, we're as close to God as he was. Now, remember, was this something special he did? No. He trusted. Psalm, Psalm 37 says, trust in the Lord, you know, <clears throat> and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, you know. You know, it's funny. Trusting is the one thing we can do. It's not like, well, you need to just swim the Tennessee River all the way to Chattanooga. <laughs> That's what we feel some things we got to do before we can please God. Something. No, we just trust him. Wow. Trust him. For he followed the Lord in everything, carefully obeyed all God's commands to Moses. 
So the Lord was with him, and look at that. There you go. Prospered everything he did. Now, now, don't you dare sit here and think he never made a mistake. We all make mistakes. Part of the covenant that God had with the people was a daily sacrifice for sin. It was daily. I'd actually have morning one and the evening one. Anyway, then he, then, um, so then he rebelled against the king of Assyria. Well, that was, no, you go back and you see, king of Assyria is really, this is Nebuchadnezzar. It was just, he was the king before Nebuchadnezzar came on board. Oh, uh, these guys had already taken over and were raiding uh, Israel. And uh, because Israel, like I say, notice they, this king here had to stop them from worshiping that silly uh, bronze. Because uh, uh, they, tr- they were trusting idols instead of trusting the Lord. But anyway, uh, he, uh, he rebelled against the king of Assyria. He said, I'm not going to pay this tax anymore. He also conquered the Philistines as far a distant as Gaza. Anyway, boy. Hezekiah was taken back over the promised land again because they lost it all because they worshiped idols. During the fourth year of his reign, which was the seventh year of the reign of Hoshea, see how this stuff works? Man, this stuff was tracking historically. Okay. King Shalmaneser uh, of Israel, I mean, excuse me, of Assyria attacked Israel. This guy here is listed in other books. Remember, Jesus already admitted this stuff was true. He thinks it's true. Anyway, three years later, during the sixth year of the reign of Hezekiah, the ninth year of Hoshea, see, they're like, hey, this is tracking like newspaper articles and dates and times. Anyway, Samaria fell. Yep, history. They're getting hauled off to Babylon. It was at that time that the king of Assyria transported the Israelis to Assyria. That's going to be Babylon, okay. And put them in colonies in the city of Halath along the banks of the Habar River. and Gon- Anyway, these... These are, shall we say, Christians or whatever, are hauled off. Well, God had told them what was going on. You start worshiping idols, you're going to lose it all. But of course, thank God we're not worshiping idols. We're trusting in the Lord. Anyway, for they refused to listen to the Lord their God. Wow, see, there you go. That's what they did. Or to do what he wanted them to do. Instead, they transgressed his covenant, disobeyed the laws given to them by the servant uh, Moses, the servant. Anyway, later on, the 14th year, the reign of Hezekiah, King Sennacherib, we've heard of him. He's historically in other books. Boy, he came and he besieged. In other words, he was going to take out uh, all of the rest of uh, Judah here. He already captured these fortified cities of Judah. King Hezekiah, he, notice what he did. He sued for peace and he said, okay, I made a mistake here. He said, I'll pay you whatever you demand. He said, well, I want, I want $1.5 million. To gather this amount, Hezekiah used the silver stored in the temple and the palace and treasure. He even stripped off the gold. So you can see what's going on. This was definitely not like Solomon's reign. Solomon, everybody fell down before him. This is getting serious. They're about to lose it all. Watch what Hezekiah is going to do here. Just simply, whatever we're faced with today, we should be doing the same thing. It's the reason we have this story. Verse 17, nevertheless, the king of Assyria sent his field marshal. Well, I thought that was only the Third Reich. <laughs> That's the reason we need to keep reading. All this stuff was going on all the time. His chief treasurer, the chief staff of Lachish, with a great army, they camped along the highway beside the, peel, the field, excuse me, excuse me, where cloth was breached near the conduit of the upper pool. What's well, neat how they make up all this stuff. They didn't make up any of this stuff. You could tell where this stuff was. They demanded that Hezekiah come out and speak to them. But instead, he sent a truce delegation. Now, remember, Hezekiah gave them $1.5 million, but that wasn't good enough. Most cases, it's not when you're dealing with the devil. Okay? 
He still wants more and more. But remember, King Hezekiah, he knows how to trust the Lord. So look what he did. They demanded Hezekiah come out. But instead, he sent a delegation. Well, that's what you do. This guy named El Elikim, his business manager, Shebna, his secretary. And what does that say? Joah, his royal historian. Why ain't nothing happened in uh, uh, no history? There is history. It tracks back. It's fantastic. Let's see what they said happened. Then the Assyrian general sent his messenger to Hezekiah. The great king of Assyria says, no one can save you from my power. Oh, brother, boy. You ever felt like that? This time you're going down. I mean, listen, they had so many soldiers, it was just unbelievable. You couldn't count them all, it seemed like. It looked like it was all over. But Hezekiah, smart, just like Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so must I be lifted up. And if you'll believe me, you know, you're not going to die in your sins. Okay. You need more than mere promises before rebelling against me. But which of your allies will give you more words? Egypt? Remember, Egypt's a real place. In other words, he could have called on the phone, Hezekiah, hey, Pharaoh, would you help me whip up on this Assyrian king? He's coming to get me. And remember, once he gets me, he's coming after you. So would you come help me? He said, if you lean on Egypt, you'll find her a stick that breaks beneath your weight and pierces your hand. In other words, he's saying the Egyptians ain't going to help you. The Egyptian Pharaoh is totally unreliable. If you say, look at this. Uh Uh-oh. We're trusting the Lord to rescue us. Now, wait a minute. This king must have known that was true. But anyway, he said, hey, if you say you're trusting the Lord, remember, he's the very one whose hilltop altars you destroyed. Well, he was getting it confused. Those hilltop altars were not the Lord's. But anyway, watch what he says. For you require everyone to worship at the altar of Jerusalem. Well, that's what Moses said do. Everybody need to worship at Jerusalem. I tell you what, I'll make a bet with my master, the king of Assyria. If you've got 2,000 men left who can ride horses. Now, this is an indicator of how Hezekiah's army got, they were all in Jerusalem. You could actually see Jerusalem. If you ever seen pictures of Jerusalem, it, was, it wasn't that big. You know, you could almost go by acres. Okay. Hey, we'll even give you the horses. And with an army as small as yours, you're not even a threat to the least lieutenant in charge of the smallest contingent in my master's army. Even if Egypt supplies you with horses and chariots, it'll do you no good. And do you think we've come here on our own? No, the Lord sent us and said, go destroy this nation. Now that would be a temptation because Hezekiah's dad was terrible. And Hezekiah could have thought, well, I'm in trouble. I may as well just give up. No, 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 no. Don't ever, ever, ever give up. I don't care who you've been around or just start trusting the Lord. King Ahab, King Manasseh, both those guys threw their kids to the fire. It was terrible. But when the chips were down, they said, help, Lord, help. And one time, God was speaking to Elisha, and he said, have you seen what Manasseh's done? I mean, it wasn't Manasseh, it was one of the Ahab, how he's repented? Wow. The key is to get back to the Lord. So anyway, then, uh, anyway, those three guys that worked for uh, King Hezekiah, they said, please speak in, oh, this was, this, was, this was a trick. They said, oh, hey, speak in Aramaic, for we understand it. Don't use Hebrew, because the people standing on the wall will hear you. Because they were all leaning over listening to this delegation story. True stuff. Of course, they didn't care. But the Assyrian general said, Has my master sent me to speak only 
uh, to you and to your master? Hasn't he sent me to the people on the walls too? They are doomed with you to eat their own, you can figure that out, excrement and drink their own urine. Well, I thought the Bible was a Christian book. It's a history book. There's all kind of Christian stuff right here. We just mentioned the bronze serpent, and that's John 3, 16. This is right in the middle of this. Okay. Then the Assyrian ambassador shouted in Hebrew. See, he's trying to say, oh, I'm not going to listen to you clowns. I'm going to tell them. Look how he tempts them. He says, hey, listen to the great king of, Israel, of Assyria. Don't let King Hezekiah, he goes, don't you listen to him tell you to trust the Lord. Don't let him fool you. He'll never be able to save you from my power. Don't let him fool you in trusting the Lord to rescue you. Don't listen to King Hezekiah. Surrender. You can live in peace here in your own land. And I'll take you to another land just like this one with plenty of crops, grain, olive trees, and honey. All this instead of death. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he tries to persuade you that the Lord will deliver you. Boy, I tell you what, when you find out the Lord will set you free, you stick with it. You have heard Psalm 91, it never changes. You've heard Psalm 34, it never changes. Psalm 37 never changes. Psalm 23, I mean, where you want to go? Praise the Lord. Psalm 4, the very end of it, you lay yourself down to sleep, the Lord will protect you. Praise the Lord. Have any of the gods of the other nations ever delivered their people from the king of Assyria? Man, this guy doesn't know what's going to happen. What happened to the gods of Hamath, Arphad, Seraphim, Hena, whatever, Iva? Did they rescue Samaria? Well, if you go read in the previous chapter what Samaria was doing, they were worshiping two stupid cows. Moo! And they claimed those cows brought them out of Egypt. Okay, here we go. What God's ever been able to save any nation from my power? What makes you think the Lord can save Jerusalem? But the people in the wall remained silent. Look at that. For the king had instructed them to say nothing. Wow. So they listened to their king. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, the business manager, and then the king's secretary, and the historian, they went to King Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him what the general had said. Here we go, real quickly. When Hezekiah heard the report, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth, and he went into the temple to pray. Then he told uh, Eliakim and, and these other guys, uh, to clothe himself in sackcloth and go to Isaiah. Where have we heard him before? He's the same Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Hezekiah says, this is the day of trouble, insult, dishonor. It's when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver it. Perhaps the Lord your God uh, has heard the Assyrian general defying the living God and will rebuke him. Oh, pray for the few of us who are left. Now, he sent that message to Isaiah. He said, go get Isaiah. Isaiah replies, Tell your master not to be troubled. Now, how many times have we heard Jesus say, let not your heart be troubled? Praise. Do you ever come to Jesus and find yourself in more trouble? Mm -mm. Don't be troubled by the sneers of the Assyrians they've made against me. For the king of Assyria will receive bad news from home and will decide to return. Now, remember, I mean, nobody has been able to beat this group. Nobody. You can't beat the Assyrians. Yeah, you can too. That's how you do it. King of Assyria was going to receive bad news and will decide to return home. And the Lord will see to it that he's killed when he arrives. Then the general returned to the king, his king at Libna, for he received news. Soon afterwards, uh, news reached the king that uh, the Ethiopians were coming to attack him. Okay, before leaving 
to meet the attack, he sent back this message to the king of Hezekiah. Look at this. He said, hey, don't you be fooled by that God you trust in. <laughs> have, have you ever been fooled? Praise the Lord. Jesus has always come through. Don't believe it when he says, I won't conquer Jerusalem. You know perfectly well that the kings of Assyria have done uh, what they've done everywhere they've gone. They have completely destroyed everything. No, they're not going to get you. Why would you be any different? Look at look what he says here. Oh, he's digging a grave. Have the gods of other nations delivered them? Well, there is no other god. Now, that's one thing I despise in America today. We we I'll just be kind and still point out Jesus best I can, but they try to treat us like our God is just we just you know, we've just that's because, oh, you're judo Christian, whatever. But you know, and all this other there's not but one God. Anyway. He said, remember what happened to all those guys? Man, the former king, they destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamath, the king of this? What happened to those kings? La, da, 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 da. Hezekiah took the letter from his messengers. He read it and went over to the temple, spread out before the Lord, and he prayed this prayer. Hello, we can use this same prayer. I guess it's, Lord, if it be thy will, get me out of trouble. No, you won't find that in there. O Lord, our God, sitting high on your throne above the angels, you alone are the God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You created heaven and earth. That's good information. Don't let the current status of the world, evolution, don't, don't go there. Jesus thinks God created it. Somebody's wrong somewhere. Bend low, O Lord. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. This man's defiance of the living God. Lord, is it true that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all those nations? No, he says, Lord, it is true. They've burned their idol gods, but they weren't gods at all. That's the reason it's so important to realize, you know, I have a God. I have help, and he will help me, whether it's school, whether it's finances, whether it's my job, or whether I'm or sick, or what. He will help me, you know. Anyway, they've burnt their uh, idol gods. <laughs> hey, come on in. But they weren't gods at all. They destroyed. They were destroyed because the only thing they, they, anyway they were just made of wood and stone. Look what he did. But he says, "O oh Lord our God, we plead with this to save us from His power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that You alone are God." Well, I guess that was just for back then. No, it's for us. Isaiah sent a message to Hezekiah. Now remember, Isaiah was somewhere else. Hezekiah is in the temple praying. The Lord God of Israel says. I've heard you. Now, how did Isaiah know that? Well, it's not. It's the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this is my reply to Sennacherib, which is in the history books. This is really, boy, remember, that Assyrian, that Assyrian general was just, remember, he was making fun of the people on the walls and stuff. Now, some of these girls on the wall, look what Isaiah says. <clears throat> Anyway, the virgin daughter of Zion isn't afraid of you. The daughter of Jerusalem scorns and mocks at you. Whom have you defied and blasphemed? And toward whom have you felt so cocky? Is it the Holy One of Israel? That's what the girls are going to, on the wall are going to say. say. Look, king of Assyria, you've had it. You've boasted my chariots have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the peaks of Lebanon. In other words, Mississippi, Florida, whatever. These are real places. I've cut down the tallest cedars and the choicest cypress trees and, and conquered the farthest borders. Oh, you have, huh? Yeah. And I've been refreshed at many conquered wells. I destroyed them, destroyed the strength of Egypt just by walking by. So this guy really is cocky. 
Anyway, notice what he says. Haven't you realized long before this, it's I, the Lord, who lets you do these things. I decree your conquest of these fortified cities. So, of course, the nations you conquered had no power against you. They were like grass shriveling beneath the hot sun and grain blighted before it's half grown. I know everything about you. I know all your plans, where you're going next. I also know the evil things you said about me. All right. And because of your arrogance, Gimme, I'm going to put a hook in your nose and bridle your mouth and turn you back on the road which you came in. This is the proof I promise. This year, the people will eat volunteer wheat used as seed for next year's crop. And in the third year, they're going to have a bountiful harvest. Wow. Now, I mean, the Bible says he prepares a table for you in the presence of our enemies. This army had totally taken over the farmland around Jerusalem. And there was no way out. And look what the Lord says. Hey, by the way, it ain't gonna matter. You don't even def- remember this was like the fiftieth year Moses spoke of. The fiftieth year, you don't even grow any crops. It'll automatically be there. All your debts will be canceled. Oh, my people, Judah, those who have escaped the ravages of the siege. See, they were. You're, you're going to become a great nation again. You'll be. Uh, rooted deeply in the soul, bearing fruit for God. A remnant of my people shall become strong in Jerusalem. The Lord is eager to cause this to happen. Now, this was right now. Anyway, and my command concerning the king of Israel is that he shall not enter the city. Boy, wouldn't that be good news? Well, I thought he was going to conquer it in the next few days. Nope. He'll not even he'll not stand before it with a shield, nor build a ramp against its wall. Now, later they did, but not now they did nor shoot an arrow into it. He'll return by the road, for I'll defend and save this city for the sake of my own name. And look at that. And for the sake of my servant David. Well, I thought Hezekiah was praying. Well, he did. But look why God did it. Something you and I have today. God's name and David. Praise the Lord. That very night. Wouldn't this have been an awesome sight? You wake up. You know, your, your, your town is surrounded by the enemy. They're just going to get us in the morning. But... Isaiah said it ain't going to happen. We're going to be all right. And we've been trusting the Lord. Well, now it's pay time. Now it's time to see it. That very night, the angel of the Lord killed 185,000 Assyrian troops. Dead bodies were seen across the whole landscape in the morning. Oh, my goodness. The king Sennacherib, remember, he's in your history books. He returned to Nineveh. And as he was worshiping in his temple of his God, whatever this thing is, his sons, whoever these two clowns were, anyway, they killed him. They escaped into eastern Turkey, the land of Ararat, and his son so-and-so became the king. Now, we're going to stop right here. This was a historical event. We got all the dates. We got all the times. And we also realized what Hezekiah did to get out of trouble. Same thing we hear all the time. Praise the Lord. Even the mention of the bronze serpent, which was John 3, 16. Father, we thank you for your word today. We're going to act like Hezekiah. We get ourselves up against the wall. We're going to trust you. I don't care if everybody says you're doomed. You've had it. It's, it's over with. There's no way out. Yes, there is a way out. And you always provide it for us. We thank you for it. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that health-wise, whatever it is. No matter what pains, you'll fix it. If it's financial, you'll fix that too. And if it's something we didn't even mention even today, it's just some burden on our heart. We're worried about this. You'll fix it. We're going to do what Hezekiah did. Trust the Lord. And all the people on the wall were trusting you. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.